A quote from Andrew Tate: "Men can cheat, women can't." This sentiment is sadly not just shared by Andrew Tate. I dare anyone to rationalise why men should be allowed to do something so despicable. Nobody is deserving of being cheated on. If you think this is somehow fair, give us a call because the show is starting now. Welcome, leaf be upon you,、uh, to another episode of Truth Wanted. I'm your host, John the Skeptic. This is the live call-in show that happens every single week, Fridays at 7 p.m. Central, where we talk to people about what they believe and why. And if you'd like to give us a call, you can at one five one two nine nine one nine two four two or through your computer、uh, at tiny dot cc slash. Call TW. Truth Wanted is a product of the Atheist Community of Austin, a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the promotion of atheism, critical thinking, secular humanism, and the separation of religion and government. We'd also like to welcome our new viewers、uh, watching today on Twitter and Twitch, as well as、uh, give some love to all of our regular viewers on the YouTubes and everyone else watching on YouTube. Of course, uh, this uh, is my good friend, new friend, Vimo.、Uh, welcome, Vimo. Uh, it's good to Hi, have、John. you here. Nice to、um, be here. Before we do get started,、um, we need to give you、uh, the results from last week's "We Want the Truth"、um, or our WWTT segment.、Uh, so last week we asked you、uh, write Bigfoot's slogan, and here are some of our favourite answers.、Uh, at number three, we've got David Greenbaum.、Uh, Bigfoot's slogan is、um, "Helping to advance the conspiracy community, one Bigfoot at a time." I feel like that needs to be said over a radio. Right. It's like one small step for man. There's one giant footprint for Bigfoot.、Um, number two, Chuck Gaydos, Bigfoot slogan.、Uh, not our first choice of name, but better than a bomb nipple. <laughs>、uh, and at number one, Russell H, Bigfoot slogan is Bigfoot, bigger heart. I like those. I would have said something like、uh, Bigfoot.、Uh, I'm not compensated. Something, you know. I actually heard that from from a friend who who was watching the show last week.、Um, the prompt for this week's、uh, WWTT is.、Uh, It is a bad idea to blank at a psychic reading.、Um, Vimo, did you? You were given the question before we came on. Did you think of an answer for that? What have you got? Not really. I think my response is still that the what, what was the prompt, prompt again?、Uh, it's a bad idea to blank at a psychic reading. It's a bad idea to go to a psychic reading. <laughs> Okay, I mean that's fair. I would,、uh, I, I came up with a couple as well. I said it would be, it would be a bad idea to die at a psychic reading because you know, would the psychic see that coming? Who knows?、Um, and、uh, it's a bad idea to pretend that you're also, or say that you're also a psychic at a psychic reading because there、yeah. might be like a psychic battle. No one wants to see that. It'd be like、uh, Harry Potter and Voldemort with their wands, and that you know, what would happen there?、Um, I can't wait to see what the audience comes up with for、uh, this question for next week. So comment on the video,、uh, and your comment may well be read out on next week's. Episode. So, as I said, I'm joined here by Vimo. Vimo, what、Hi. do you do? What What is your life about? <laughs> I am an Indian YouTuber. I、uh, make videos and podcasts about atheism, religion, cultural criticism, and stuff like that.、Uh, some of my content is also about superheroes, but that still falls under the larger umbrella of cultural criticism. And、uh, my channel is Vimo, and、uh, I post、uh, videos every week. And I also do a live stream called Vimo Live. Where I take callers every Saturday, where we talk about the kind of stuff that we are probably going to talk about here. 
uh, atheism religion contemporary affairs and uh, how human beings deal with reality how uh, how easy is it because i mean i'm i'm a brit that lives in america uh, and mm-hmm. i now know it's not easy to be atheist in america how easy is it to be like outwardly are you outwardly atheist when you go out in public yeah. and how yeah. easy is that how like well accepted is that well it it depends on like among i, I come from a hindu family among mm-hmm. hindus it's largely not that frowned upon because uh, he, hindus like to claim that the religion is very open and accepting towards atheism so in my family at least there is no problem my family is full of theists nobody bats an eyelid that i don't believe what they believe but there are people in india for whom it is harder and i should not generalize too much there are hindus for whom it is harder uh, hindus whose families listen to a guru of some sort mm-hmm. it is easy to say that you don't believe in god but it is somewhat harder to say that you do not uh, you do not respect the authority of that guru or that you do not believe the specific superstitions that come with the specific you know sub variety of hinduism that that wow. family follows for indian muslims it's even harder uh, because they get like they get ostracized by their community when they say that they're atheists but other atheists are still suspicious of them because they have a muslim name and there is some amount of anti muslim bias in indian society so wow. that also and uh, i suppose it's something similar for christians also mm-hmm. is and so obviously hindu hinduism is like the the predominant religion there yeah, yeah. Uh, would is is it close between christianity and, and islam or is it is one definitely bigger than the other uh in terms of size christianity yeah yeah and, and like how yeah. how many followers there are so in, in i suppose uh, islam is India actually has the second largest population of Muslims in the world second only oh, wow. to Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So So Christians are smaller. Okay. And and so how would uh, for instance then a a Muslim uh, in India react to you being atheist? Well, I have had a, a mixed bag. Uh I <laughs> find Muslims coming to the live stream and talking and uh, it's it's you know you are aware of the kind of arguments that are presented because you get the same that there are abrahamic arguments you know for you know uh, kalam cosmological and stuff like that and uh, very occasionally like i have discovered that there are two or three approaches to doing atheism content in india and it depends on your goal if you are uh, if your goal is to change someone's mind then perhaps not the best approach to make fun of right because because you want them to take two steps closer to you not mm-hmm. move five steps further away from you right so when you do that they're nice enough people to talk to and i suppose that applies to hindus and christian christians also you speak nicely people speak nicely and you either get them closer or you get to understand them better and things like that and that's my chosen method of doing things there are others who are more hostile with their approach and i fear that that kind of uh, you know atheist activism might be alienating people more but i suppose some people who are angry atheists have good reasons to be angry atheists also right. so i can't fault them for that also what's was you were a believer at one point then and did you yes. step away and yes. what was like what was your deconversion what one day made you go ah i don't think i believe this anymore oh i i think i can credit the aca for that i have been right. a huge watcher of the atheist experience for a number of years in the beginning i was watching it as a hindu and i was having mm-hmm. a lot of fun like i mentioned mm-hmm. and uh, at some point of time i figured hey does this apply to my religion also and it turns out that it did so uh, i i i let the aca's arguments 
be the filter through which i started seeing my religion and uh, then the it it wasn't an overnight deconversion obviously i suppose that even after my beliefs in my religion got uh, loosened up quite a bit it took still took me about a couple of years to start saying that i'm an atheist mm-hmm. yeah right and what's i'm i don't know anything about hinduism and and okay. i think there probably be a lot of people that don't know what is what are like the fundamentals of the religion do you go to an afterlife do you like is there a lot of praying involved is there what what happens right so the curious part is it would depend on the person you are asking there okay. are people there are people who would say hinduism has no afterlife has no concept of god is a complete just philosophy etc etc mm-hmm. and then there are people who despite saying so uh will be theistic in ways that you understand theism to be who they'll pray to god they will expect things uh they will t- they will participate in superstition or right. religious rituals and things like that uh, uh hinduism does have a concept of an afterlife but okay. there are some who say that there is no concept of an afterlife it's just rebirth so it depends on the sub category of hindu it depends on the kind of hindu you're speaking with right and so yeah. what would like i just because this i find this fascinating like different religions because i grew up non-religious mm-hmm. um i just spoke to i believed i could speak to dead people so it fascinates me what what like the average person who believed in something would do each day so would you would you get up and say thank you to a to a, a deity or would you just carry on with your life what, there how, are people who do that yeah there okay. are people who do that and there are people who don't do that there are people who wake up at a certain hour because it is an auspicious hour and then they pray to uh, whoever they wish to pray to and then there are people who uh, will call themselves hindu uh, but will not take part in any of these there are even people who call themselves hindu atheists wow and yeah. would you would you say that um you you have a goal of of um helping people step away from religion or are you just trying to get information out there and hope that somebody sees it and goes ah this might help me further down the line mm-hmm. what's your what's your goal personally i th- i don't think i would describe my goal as helping people move away from religion mm-hmm. although if someone wants to move away from religion i certainly hope that i can be helpful in that department uh, it is my goal to help people be more critical towards their world view Right. So even if it is an atheist who is of the opinion that if someone were not religious they will be more compassionate I would argue with them because I do not think that is true atheism does not make you naturally more compassionate it's just a thing that it's one position on one question right so uh, I have had conversations with atheists and I have had conversations with religious people my larger goal I suppose would be what is uh, adjacent to the ACA's goal which is separation of uh, you know religion and state mm-hmm. because we are seeing a lot of that happen in India especially with respect to Hindutva and uh, the goal is to like you know if you are religious keep it in your pants right. I don't need to know about it you don't <laughs> need to show it to me uh, you don't need to put it in classrooms and scientific laboratories and hospitals it's something you can do on your own these are things like religions spilling out of its container mm-hmm. is the bigger problem i think religion itself right. sure it can be like you know uh, if 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 someone came and made a random claim and uh, uh, you pointed out the flaw in that they will say oh yeah i was wrong but if that claim was religious they will be more hesitant to accept your criticism of it so religion itself is not always a problem but it is certainly a home for a lot of other things like once something is dressed in religion as an armor mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. becomes difficult to uh, you know counter it so right. that is the problem i want to devalue religion 
right so that we are able to talk about it more critically and treat it like just any other thing and so are, are, are there many are there many um ex hindu creators uh talking about this or is it are you do you feel like you're a, a massive minority when it comes to this uh there are a significant number of atheist content creators but a lot of them would not describe themselves as ex hindu atheist creators okay they they still have certain amount of loyalty towards their former religion or even people who huh. call themselves hindu and are still creating atheism related content huh. uh, there is a category of creators in india called rationalists Mm-hmm. who are anti superstition many of them are theists they believe in god they go to temples but they fight they they do, like as i said their their goal is to devalue religion and their goal is to prevent superstition from spreading in society like i've spoken to quite a few on my live stream also like we will be talking and it will come as a surprise to me in the middle when they tell that they do believe in god right and yeah. so something big over here that i found mm-hmm. is religious folks have massive opinions on evolution um massive opinions on spirits and ghosts and mm. uh not quite so many but a lot do think that the age of the earth is you know 6000 years old and some even go that it's the earth's flat where where are where are hindus on that well uh, if you had asked me this question 15 to 20 years ago i would have mm-hmm. said yeah evolution is not a problem here but a okay. lot of american superstitions are seeping into the indian ecosystem thanks to youtube and right. and, and no small part and uh, we are having our uh, evolution skepticism evolution skepticism is more common among indian muslims than hindus uh, at least as far as i have seen but uh, yeah it, it is beginning to happen here also so thanks right. america <laughs> There's a there's a lot to answer for. Thanks, thanks, America. And what, and where, what about like flat Earth and and all that? Is that something that happens? Over I there? don't think we have flat Earthers in large okay. numbers just yet. Okay, but give it, give time. it time. Give it time. Yeah, yeah. give it about six thousand years. <laughs> we'll we'll wait with bated breath, maybe. Um, well, I mean, it's it's fascinating. I love learning about all this stuff. So thanks for letting us know. Um, I think we should probably get to some calls though, because that is Great. essentially why we're here. But yes. before we get to a call, um, we need to shout out our patron of the week. Uh, every single week, we get to shout out a patron that donates through tiny.cc/patrontw. Uh, they support the show. Uh, and this week's patron of the week is Ken Funk. Uh, thank you, Ken, and thank you to everyone else who contributes to the show. Um, we do very much appreci- appreciate you. Uh, okay, Vimo, I think it's time to get to uh, a call. So we've got uh, here, we have uh, Coyote Boy, his pronouns are he, him, from Texas. And now this is this is already throwing me, uh, Coyote Boy. Um, the Drake equation makes skeptics and non-believers tend to get angry too. They want there to be alien life out there. So welcome, Coyote Boy. You're on with uh, Vimo and, and John the Skeptic. What have you got for us? Well, hi. I'm, I'm so happy to talk to John the Skeptic. I love his channel. And, and Vin, Vinmo? Vimo. 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 Oh, okay. I, I, don't, I don't know you, but I'm happy to get to meet you. Okay, so here's my... Same here, man. Make it real brief. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a humanist, skeptic, uh, atheist, etc. Mm-hmm. And when I suggest that the Drake equation is a little harder to unpack than most people think... Uh, I've had people get really mad at for suggesting that life may be rare or we might be it. 
and okay. they, they approach it like when you tell people there's no afterlife. They go after it with a religious frenzy. Right. For, for those of us, because I'm a big dum-dum, uh, those of us who don't know what the Drake equation is, it might be a good idea to, let's just give it like the basics. What is the Drake okay, equation? It's really simple. Uh, okay. in, in 1960, 1961, mm-hmm. a physicist named uh, uh, Drake presented a very valuable equation. There are seven factors that determine the probability of life. Number of stars, number of stars with planets, number of planets that can support life, number of planets that in which life arose. Number five is number of planets in which life became intelligent. Number six is where they developed technology. And number seven is when they didn't destroy themselves in a few millennia. Right. Well, it's a bit, and we we're very we're very very solid. Uh, given the last you know it's been sixty years, mm-hmm. we're very solid on the first three. We have a pretty good idea of how many stars and how they, and we have a pretty good idea of how many planets there are. Right. We have mm-hmm. a pretty good idea of how many planets are in the Goldilocks zone. But but and here's the big but: the step between four and five, where life arises and where mm-hmm. life becomes intelligent, has a lot of trapdoor because it took a billion fucking years for cells to even develop a nuclear. It took right. another uh, untold number of time for cells to become multicellular. Right. Then it took a lot longer for life to become intelligent. So that's an unlikely series of steps. Now, let me give you another... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm talking too much, but let me give you... No, you're not. I'm enjoying it. When, when um, the, the giant stars in the early universe exploded and the first planet, the first uh, galaxies and planets formed, mm-hmm. there had to have been one first, if, if life is common, there had to have been one first intelligent species. And they would have looked out among those stars and said, oh my God, all these stars, there has to be other people like us. They would have been totally wrong. Right. Well, well but... but. How how would you know that? Yeah, I think one assumption well, that has been made here is that they were like us in, in that mm-hmm. A, they had eyes, they looked at the stars, uh, B, they were curious, C, they could experience amazement. And aren't those three very human qualities? Aren't we like literally doing what the religious do when they look at the universe and come right. to the conclusion that there must be a God out there who is like me? Uh, th- thank you for bringing that up because what if they were intelligent, but they just didn't give a care? They didn't yeah, care yeah, if there were yeah, other life yeah. forms out there. Uh, why would they? Why which would they is also a very human thing as well. You know, not sometimes not caring about stuff. You know, we, we put, we're attributing a lot of uh, what we are onto this. But I'm, I'd be interested to, to know, interested to know, Coyote Boy, where you stand on it are you are you saying mm. that you do believe uh that there's life out there because it's you know as truth wanted we want to discover the truth and we want to hear what people's opinions are on these things so do do you believe that there is uh that there is the possibility of life out there or are you saying there is no there's no possibility i i absolutely believe there is a possibility of, it, mm-hmm. of mm. intelligent and technologically advanced life. there's absolutely the possibility but i'm saying it's not a certainty right life could have yeah there yeah. could have been there could have been interplay planetary wars a billion years ago that wiped out all intelligence. We don't right. simply don't. You know, at this at this point, is there now? Let me let me get this out there. I don't I don't think we're being buzzed by alien spacecraft. That's, that's <laughs> right. you know silly because if they're trying to reveal themselves to us, they're terrible at it, and if they're trying to stay hidden, they're even worse at it. 
So yes, is, we we could be we could be the first intelligent life, or we could be the last. Right, mm. and we, we there's only media. there's only a certain amount of the universe that we can see as well. And we, you know, is there something further out there that we haven't observed yet, or is you know largely unobservable? Where there are, uh, you know, even older star systems you know we are observable universes was it uh, 13.8 billion years old um but then you know who's to say there isn't something even further out um that that doesn't have advanced life forms i'm a big fan of um their potentially being other life forms do i think that they're as advanced as we are maybe could they be more advanced you know we're our, our um little speck in the universe is relatively young really um wasn't our sun formed at like uh was it five five billion or something years ago and it five, took a five another... billion yes yeah. Yeah, there you go. And then a, a couple more hundred thousand years and, and finally, like, our Earth started doing stuff. Um, so the potential of, of life being out there, I, I would love it to be true. But until it's demonstrated, I'm just going to carry on going, I don't know, you know. Um, I'd love if they do want to come down uh, and come and take me and experiment on me. I'm all for it, but do it before my baby comes because I, I want to be here for the birth of my child. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, but don't yeah, right. You've got ten weeks. Please let me. <laughs> please let me stop you a moment. This is kind of my point. Right. I grew up, like I said, on Star Trek and Outer Limits, and uh, you know all the great sci-fi's. And I read a right. enough science fiction as a teenager to choke a hippo. I want there to be <laughs> other life out there. I think that's a corruption of of one's ability to make an accurate assessment. It's like right. wanting people to believe in heaven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because right, I right. want it to be true doesn't make doesn't doesn't make it doesn't make it true. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and, and until, you know, it's demonstrated that there is something out there. Let's just, you know, continue hoping in inverted commas, you know, that there is something there. But if I can just well, raise I one would, point. I would here. like to I, I would like to meet a Vulcan. I wouldn't want to meet a Gorn. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't know how uh, how close they are to, to the alien life, but you know. I'm not sure I would want to meet a Vulcan either. Uh, but <laughs> the point I was making is that when we talk about advanced <laughs> civilizations uh aren't we still kind of looking through the filter that we have here we are us we are, we are basically looking for something like us and we are defining ourselves yeah. as advanced and we are assuming that the thing that we find out there will be like us when we say that advanced civilization. So I think uh, we have good reason to think that life out there is possible. Mm -hmm. And the probability part is something people can disagree on. Because I think we the, the way we reach conclusions is through frames of reference, right? If I put out a bowl of milk outside and a cat drank it, and I put out a bowl of milk today, and I don't know who drank it, I can come to the conclusion that maybe the cat drank it. So the way we come to the conclusion about whether there is life on other planets is by referring to our frame of reference, which is that, yeah, we know that there is life on one planet, which is this planet, and there are a lot of planets out there. So it is not inconceivable that there may be life out there. What shape that life will take, whether it will mm -hmm. be quote unquote advanced or inadvanced or single cellular or you know life forms that live inside oceans of lava or something we can't say so uh, my problem is not with the, uh, with the with the belief that there may be life out there my problem is with the assumption that we will understand it or be able to relate right right which yeah. is which is a problem with star trek also right because they were all <laughs> humanoids they had arms and heads and eyes and stuff <laughs> well let me let me put this to you yeah. there are actually two inhabited planets in our solar system uh, one is largely human and the other one, Mars, is largely robot um, because there are <laughs> plenty of robots uh, up there. But do you think, though, 
if there was, and this is a this might be a good question, uh, if there was advanced life out there that could and had the technology to travel all of this way to come and visit us, do you think we're ready for that? Because given how like we can't agree amongst each other um, about how to do things on this planet, I, having some outsiders come in and be like, hey, we want to be your friends. Do you want to do that? I don't know if the human race is ready for that. What do you think? I'm, I'm going to refer you to the 1951 movie uh, where uh, Klaatu came down with a big robot that was ready to destroy the world. I think we would be... The day the earth, uh, I think we so. would be shut out of the right. galactic, galactic Empire. Yeah, yeah we're, uh, we're not anywhere near ready for uh, joining the... We're, Star Trek is uh, still a thousand years away. We're not going right. to... Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. No, we're, we're fuck up. We're fuck up. <laughs> Although I do want to say maybe the, I think... I think maybe, life, maybe the aliens will like it. Life, life is... Give it, I'm sorry, pardon me. Uh, given how uh, apparently early life arose on the planet, I think we're going to find a shitload of planets single-celled organisms. Right. Mm. That would be cool, though, right? A million years. Yeah. Sorry? That would be so. I mean, that would be cool if we if we got that. Yeah, we can hear you. Sorry, I just got cool. very excited. It would be cool. <laughs> it would be cool. But you know, it took a billion years for a cell to figure out how to make a nucleus. Right. Then it took another billion years to figure out how to be multicellular. And let's not even get into intelligence and consciousness because we don't even know what that is yet. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're still the, working the, that one out. You know, we we can't even define consciousness. So I'm just saying, my 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 gripe is people say, oh, there must be other intelligent life. No, there must be. No, there doesn't have to be. No, there might be, but we don't know. Others. Right. Man, that's, I, I could talk about this all day, but yeah, I'm worried yeah. about it turning into a, a Star Trek, Star Wars, like, fan thing. And then <laughs> people who don't that? watch it are like, what's okay, going gentlemen. on here? Well, I love the alien chat. Thanks, Coyote Boy. Gentlemen, thank you, thank you so much for your time, and let me get this off my chest, because it's really pissed me off to sleep. <laughs> well, we, we, I might people join you. coming down on me. <laughs> Thanks. Great, sh great show. Continue. Thanks, Coyote Boy. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Coyote Boy. Thank you. Um, I mean, I would, um, I would absolutely love it if, uh, if alien life was a real thing and i've watched like there's some very cool documentaries on certain formats uh where they yeah. talk about convergent evolution and like oh look at the atmosphere of this planet this is what would happen if you know this kind of life form developed and and what these creatures would look like it's fascinating my wife not so much she's not uh, as big question a question for you john if yeah. i can just ask uh maybe there is single cell life uh there on other planets that mm -hmm. just doesn't grow into multicellular life right yeah, and, right? and so they, yeah. they never end up having podcasts, which is a shame. <laughs> yeah, but they like we have species on Earth which never bothered with being multicellular. Bacteria has existed since before dinosaurs, right? It still right. does. So, if an alien species came and looked at Earth and tried to come to a conclusion about what the dominant species of this planet is, they might come to the conclusion that it's bacteria, that the Earth yeah. was made for bacteria, and all these other aberrations which are podcasting are you know eh, just something. Or, the, the or there's um, isn't there like a fungus that's like hundreds of thousands of miles across maybe not hundreds of thousands but thousands of miles there's a fungus somewhere in north america and okay. it's enormous and it's yeah, all linked yeah. together maybe they think that that's the dominant life form because of just how yeah. big it is and it's not you know it's just chilling out living its best life yeah. growing yeah. and you know all this uh or dolphins you know dolphins are, are pretty cool i think maybe they come down and go ah that must be the dominant species look at them swimming around and having fun and putting things in each other's blowholes yeah you know, you know what i mean yep. <laughs> our, our, our imagination with respect to alien life forms is very human 
human centric is what i'm trying to point out right and i spent a lot of time as a kid drawing my own aliens and watching all the the alien programs and mm-hmm. it would be cool it would be very cool but let's you know we'll we'll hold a bit of hope for one day maybe being contacted but probably not in our lifetime which is a big shame um so just before we go go on to another call um just so you're aware we're now accepting super chats and we will read them live on air so feel free to make us read the things you've written i mean i was going to say keep it clean but this is truth wanted so you can say uh assuming they're a youtube appropriate there you go uh if you'd like to support the show you can do so by donating to our patreon at tiny.cc slash patreon tw uh there's a couple of different tiers on there so you can get your name shouted out during the show if you donate um you can also support the show by becoming a member you get emojis in the chat your name gets highlighted in the chat and you'll be immune to the slow mode all for as little as 99 cents per month and i let me tell you the slow mode annoys me so it's very worth it because i've been sitting there and going oh i can't send this because i've got to wait for two minutes um are you ready for some more calls Absolutely. what do you reckon what do you reckon um okay so here we have uh, Chase, he, him in Idaho. Uh, he's got a thought experiment about aliens oppressing humans. Okay. <laughs> aliens again? Yeah. I lo- this is, and this is why Truth Want is great, because there's everything. You get everything. Aliens, really? ghosts, the lines are still open if you want to call in and talk about any of this. Uh, but hey, Chase, how you doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm a big fan of the show. Good. Hi, Chase. We're a big fan of you. Aw. <laughs> what have you got for us? All right. So hypothetically, imagine that aliens exist and they're smarter and stronger than us and they come right. to earth and treat and they treat humans the way that we treat animals in factory farms and slaughterhouses so the aliens put us in cages they kill our friends and now they're coming at us with the knife and we're screaming and trying to escape but three percent of the aliens are vegan and they're saying to the other aliens hey guys why don't we be nice to the humans nobody gets to choose how they're born and there's nothing wrong with being different what matters is the humans feel pain and pleasure and they want to live but the aliens who are killing us are laughing at the vegan aliens, saying, what do you care about these stupid humans for? They look different than us. They're not as smart as us, right? So the question is, should we be violent toward animals just because they're a different species and less intelligent? Or is that discrimination similar to how the aliens were oppressing us? Wow. This is basically, we should all be vegan, right? This is, this is a, maybe we should all be vegan. This is a vegan call, yeah. I, I, um, where I stand on this is, and I'm really sorry, but I really like how some animals taste. So, um, I, 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 my opinion is that um, I'm a bit speciesist, and that's probably very wrong of me. Um, what about you, Vimo? Well, that's under- yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying there. And, I, I, of course, the response would just be, well, the aliens think that you taste delicious, you know, so it's right, justification right. for the vibe. But if we're, you know, if the aliens are intelligent and we're, you know, maybe we're intelligent, I don't know, and we can find a way to reason with them and say, look, maybe don't eat us because this is our, this is our thought process. If animals started saying to me, please don't eat me because this... I would probably stop eating the animals, you know? And it's not all the animals. I don't eat all the animals. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But I guess, like, I feel like the animals are communicating with us, you know, like dogs and cats and pigs and stuff. They they communicate with us. They scream in pain. They run away in fear. They also, you know, nuzzle up up to us and be social and kind to us when we're nice right. to them. And, and James, that's the I... thing. We, we domesticate yeah. some of these animals. So, you know, yeah. we, we yeah. almost give them human personas. So that makes it more difficult. I could never eat my dog unless I was on... Um, um, a, a desert island and and i was really hungry because yeah. she's quite meaty you know yeah, I, 
Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And I feel the same way as a, a vegan for the past 13 years. You know, I did eat animals for 26 years. But mm-hmm. now, you know, like I, I, would, I would also, like you, if I was stranded on a desert island and there was no vegan food around, no plant foods, and, and the only option was to kill and eat a dog or a pig or you, I might do it. You know what I mean? But yeah. I'm not going to hurt somebody. But I'm not going to hurt somebody just because I enjoy the taste of their dead body. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. Can I, Chase? Can I? I have to. Can I ask you something? In this hypothetical alien visitation example, if the aliens happen to be plant-based life forms and uh, they feed themselves using photosynthesis, and uh, uh, they come to Earth and they see that people are eating plants, and the same thing works out the way you said, what would you do? Oh well, if these alien plants are sentient and conscious, you know, like they have uh, personalities and desires and feel pain and stuff, uh, you know, that would change the situation. You know, um, if and and similarly, you know, I, I would think though that if those alien plants were sentient and they saw us eating plants that are not sentient here on Earth, you know, because an apple doesn't care how you treat it because it doesn't have a brain or a nervous system. An apple doesn't feel pain, you know. So I don't think the aliens, the alien plants, would care that we're eating plants on earth because our plants are not sentient they're not so conscious. this appears it appears to me like i i completely respect your point of view but it appears to me to be quite a bit of imagination at work here like you know you're trying to get us to feel that <laughs> aliens would be like this but not like this and then you're deciding what the parameters of their engagement with us are going to be well i guess the question is like should you know what philosophy of the two al- two types of aliens the the majority mm. of the aliens who are killing us in the hypothetical versus the three percent of vegan aliens whose philosophy between those two whose philosophy do we hope will win out in the end do we hope the vegan aliens will win and justice will prevail and the humans will be preserved or do we hope for some weird reason that the cruel aliens will win and they, they kill us you know well justice is a very human concept no so you know it exists in the human society when a lion eats a deer in the forest you don't say it is unjust that the deer died or if the deer escapes you don't say it is unjust that the lion starved to death so it's still right. a conversation right. like you know who will win in a fight captain america or iron man we're still talking completely <laughs> in hypotheticals i suppose whoever the writer wants to win will win right. and you're writing the story right now yeah but i guess what i'm saying is like the lion kills in order to survive and they don't know any better it's still unfortunate for the deer that the lion kills you know it's still violent you know but it's not like the lion knows any better but we on the other hand are civilized human beings and the aliens in the in the thought experiment are even smarter than us so it's like Mm -hmm. we ought to know better than to cause needless violence but plenty of civilized human beings have engaged in pretty uncivilized behavior throughout history and when you say smarter than us you're assuming that intelligence has something to do with morality there are really smart people who have done really hideous things that's a very good point that's a very good point now i would just say that you know just because we've done something for a long time doesn't make it morally justified you know but i agree i'm not saying it is justified because we have done it for a long time i'm Mm -hmm. saying that intelligence does not necessarily translate into moral behavior sure so these aliens these aliens might correspond to your view of veganism right but they may be engaging in other really hideous behavior that you and i will not be able to condone yeah 
Yes, that could be, that could be true. Yes, I guess I just yep. feel that um, you you know we we shouldn't like because nobody gets to choose how they're born, and there's nothing wrong with being different. That we should just be nice to everybody. And like I'm a human rights activist as well, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and and I just figured, I I, but I suddenly I, I suddenly realized you know I want to expand my circle of compassion and stand up against all oppression. And I do think that just because uh, you know that that these these lions would do something or that violent humans will do something, and just because some humans misuse their intelligence as a way to oppress, you know, innocent, vulnerable, childlike beings, these animals who mm-hmm. did nothing wrong and they can't defend themselves, you know, because they're not as smart as us. But I feel like yeah. that's the philosophy of might makes right, that, you know, we can do whatever we want to lower beings because we have power over them. But I feel like that's an abuse of power. I don't think animals are lower beings, so to speak. And I'm sure you also did not mean it that way. But I would like to draw your attention to another thing that happens in my part of the world, which is India, where uh, people who eat meat get discriminated against by vegetarians. There have even been cases of people being killed because they were suspected of possessing meat. Wow. Well, I mean, I, I, I think that I'm not advocating for violence against anybody, of course. Oh, I'm not saying that you are. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, I understand. I know you're not saying that about me. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we want to use peaceful means to accomplish our yeah. goals, whatever our activist goals are. I think we should talk about these things and sure, debate and protest is fine. But, you know, keep the violence out of it, ideally. Right. Uh, but at the same time, though, like I think if if we saw somebody kicking a dog, then, you mm-hmm. know, if the dog's not attacking anybody or anything, the dog's just minding their own business. If we saw somebody kicking a dog, we would probably intervene in one way or another. We might speak to yep. the person and try to calm them down or we might call the police to intervene or if there was no time we might physically put ourselves in between the attacker and the dog you know and so i just feel like that's what vegans are doing just with other animals and stabbing instead of just kicking because that's what's happening in the slaughterhouses you know uh their throats are slit and i think that slitting an animal's throat is worse than kicking them right agree agree we should we should be more compassionate right and i and uh i completely agree as well um i do think um if i saw someone kicking a chicken i would intervene because there's a difference between and this just this is just my opinion but there's a difference between um ending something's life for in a humane way um like quick death ready to be eaten rather than torturing a a creature Mm. uh, and then you know one day maybe eating its carcass there's if it's dealt with in a humane way, uh, me personally, I'm I find it okay to carry on eating that creature um, because I like the taste of the creature. Yeah, I kind of understand what you mean. Like you're trying, you know. Of course, it would be worse to torture and then kill an animal. Right. I think it's also. Uh, I think it's still bad to kill the animal, even if it's quick and painless. Just like if you know, if somebody killed you in your sleep, you know, you wouldn't feel any pain or any fear. So that's good. But somebody would have taken your life prematurely, and you know, these animals are killed when they're very young because that's when it's profitable so like the natural lifespan of a pig is about 12 years old just like a dog but pigs mm-hmm. are killed when they're only six months old and that's like mm-hmm. killing a puppy right right mm-hmm. it's a it's an interest and i like how it started off as like here's some aliens that might want to eat us but actually it was a secret because a it, was, it was a nice it was a nice way of yeah. doing it and i appreciate that chase i always appreciate the imagination of vegans yeah right 
yeah. it, was, it was a nice way of approaching it. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And I don't want to take up too much more of your time. If you have any other questions or anything, that's fine. Or, uh, you know, I might call you again some other time. But yeah. I, I appreciate the, the open-mindedness and, and challenging my perspective, but in a polite way. So thank you for that. And, thank you, uh, Yeah, I would just remember, you know, that if we don't want it, if we don't want violence done to us from another mm-hmm. being that's stronger than us, then I don't want to do that violence to someone who's not as strong and smart as me. I want to use my power to protect to protect the vulnerable you know i like that that's a, that's a nice way to be chase and uh and i i'm not i like i i don't like that i eat so much meat like i i know that it, it there there is harm caused to animals that taste really bloody good um yeah. and so i uh over the last uh actually in 2018 i stopped eating one meat uh, altogether because i'm like i just can't do it to all these animals so slowly maybe i am stepping away from eating all these animals it might just take me a little bit longer and it's nice to have uh a, a different perspective on it and and again like put forward in a nice um respectful way chase so we we appreciate you thank you yeah yeah definitely and i remember you know i i used to make fun of vegans and now look at me so <laughs> right and actually i've got a very good friend uh, back in the uk he all he would do is rip on uh, vegans and now he's vegan himself so i completely get it there you go well thanks chase thanks for calling in and thanks for Bye, Chase. Yeah, and just one last thing I'll say. Uh, just one last thing, if I could, I'll just say, you know, we, mm-hmm. there's a lot of delicious food out there that's vegan. You know, we got rice, right. pasta, fruit, oh, yeah. vegetables, yeah. seeds, beans, yeah. bread, all that, uh, all that stir, like Asian stir fry or oh, yeah. uh, Indian curries. Like this, you know, and then we got the vegan meats and, you know, like vegan burgers and pizza and ice cream and all that good stuff. So it's not like we're asking you to get rid of all earthly pleasures or not that you right. know, try to help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In fact, Chase, uh, if I can just point out i started moving towards a more plant-based diet about uh, a year ago i've stopped eating all meat i still eat eggs and i drink milk but i am i'm having just salad for an entire meal for the last entire year and i recently had the opportunity to taste meat again and i didn't like it. oh wow like yeah my my ta- my 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 aesthetic of taste has changed to such a great degree right. i find salad tasty now which i found gross a year ago and i can't handle meat anymore and and uh, likewise, yeah. I gave up beef in 2018. That was my mm-hmm. my one that I. But and it wasn't just um, because of it being a cow and cows are cool, um, but it was because of the the environmental impact of of eating beef. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, also had beef not so long ago, and went oh. I don't like steak anymore. What's wrong with me? So yeah, uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, that happens. I think your take. Yeah, same thing happened to me. You know, my taste buds changed, and you know, for the first three weeks of not eating animals, I had some cravings. You know, I would pull into the drive-through of the McDonald's and see the picture of the big juicy burger, and I'd start salivating and you know getting cravings. But like, I would just order the French fries, you know, and put something in my belly, and then I'd be fine. You know, and after a few weeks, you know, your psychologists say that you know it takes three weeks to change a habit. You know. About 21 days, right. whether it's smoking or a new exercise or a new diet, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you get used to a new thing, and if you just focus on the animals and focus on justice, that's what I did. Instead of focusing on my, you know, my preferences and my taste and my pleasure and my habits, you know, I just right. re- realign my priorities, and it became really easy. And now I have no cravings at all, you know. Wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for that, Chase. I, uh, yeah, it's definitely something to uh, to think about. Uh, going forward um i'm not i'm not against veganism but i uh I, at the moment i'm still i'm still too into the meat taste uh, of certain meats but i i'm willing to explore it going forward uh, especially I, I keep saying it because i'm very excited but i've got a child on the way and i would like my child to to think about 
others and not just other humans, but other creatures, you know? So it's it's definitely something to think about. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So the last thing I'll leave you with is there's a a movie with Joaquin Phoenix on YouTube called Dominion. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, yeah, just check out Dominion on YouTube with Joaquin Phoenix and it'll show you like undercover investigations of of animals. uh, I think I've heard of this one. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Chase. You have a good one. Thanks for thanks for calling in. We appreciate you. Right, Chase. So, so you would say that uh, vegetarianism and and almost veganism is is fairly big then in India, or is this just a a you thing? It's not as big as people make it appear. Like you know, how do I put this? Uh, A a huge part of how the West sees India comes from the habits of the people who have settled there from India. Right. Right. But there are uh, tribal communities in India eating meat is a huge part of their culture and okay. they get discriminated against in India because of that that's by crazy. more powerful communities who happen to be vegetarian wow so that's also something to look at yeah wow that's awesome like there are there are people who would not uh, rent a house to someone who eats meat whoa and when yeah. I say awesome I mean that's like discrimination is never good but it's like yeah. incredible that that happens welcome to a whole new flavor of discrimination right great great it's called uh, the caste system <laughs> right we can explore that later. Yeah. Um, we do. We have got some calls in the queue, uh, but there are still lines open if you do want to call in with something, whether it's aliens or vegan aliens, uh, feel free to, to call in. We have had a super chat uh, from Puck. Um, Puck has said, now, let me, I should have taken a sip of water before I do this. Minimal affinity for feminine, amen- an- thanks, Puck. <laughs> let me try again. Minimal affinity for feminine and amenity. Amenities. I can't even say it now because I've got feminine. I I listen, try it. Give it a go. Minimal affinity for feminine amenities for cinnamon animons. Anemones. Because you get the previous. I'm a professional voiceover (laughs) puck. I do that. I talk for a living and uh, I can do that. So thanks, puck. Uh, He just wanted to support (laughs) you uh, and make you say something uh, difficult. So thanks, puck. Um, Also, also, before we get to more calls, um, there's a limited edition t shirt. Feeling cute today. Might destroy the universe, might adopt a cat. I don't know. Uh, and you can grab that at visit tiny. Uh, so you can grab that from uh, is it tiny.cc slash merch ACA. There we go. I know what the link is. Clearly not. Um, and also attention, attention, everybody. Get ready for an extraordinary experience at the annual Bat Cruise on Saturday, August 26th, 2023. Uh, you can join the atheist community of Austin for a fun summer evening on the water, conversing with like-minded free thinkers. You could meet Forrest Valkai. J. Mike and other hosts of the Atheist Experience, Talk Heathen, and the nonprofits. Um, and also, uh, I think Truth Wanted because Dan's going right. Um, they'll be on board to mingle and chat throughout the two hour cruise around Ladybird Lake. Uh, the cruise will pause at the Congress Avenue this. Bridge uh, at sundown for the emergence of the world's largest urban bat colony. So get your tickets now at uh, tiny.cc slash bat cruise. Uh, and if you want to hear. I don't know hear... why it does this. I don't know what's going <laughs> I on. I think Kelly's. D- d- in in the uh, chat there as well uh, so you're hearing extra voices i do apologize uh, if you want to hear our content in audio only form please visit uh, tiny.cc slash aen podcasts for all the latest what? aca shows um 
Listen. And let's see who else have we got here. Um, what we got here. We've got um, Brad. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, everything at I think we've got a little crossover. If you can hear some audio, I do apologize. Um, we've got Brandt. Uh, he, him in Wisconsin, believes if aliens are smart enough to travel the stars, uh, they're likely to have similar morals as humans. So that's interesting. Let's let's uh, explore that. Hi, Brandt. Am I saying your name right? Yeah, that's correct. Brandt. Nice Hi, Brandt. What have you got for us? Well, personally, I believe if anything is uh, intelligent enough to get across the cosmos, uh, one, they probably evolved a similar pathway as ourselves. Um, <laughs> um, I believe it's really unlikely that they would be able to co- uh, travel the cosmos to begin with. But if they could, hypothetically, they're going to be taking into account intelligence. They're going to be taking into account ability to like, feel pain, suffering, other things that like evolution evolution will probably like select for. They're not going like, to care about like phenotypical traits. Just like that seems silly to me that like something that's like intelligent enough to have like cosmic travel would just care about like the the aesthetic of something like oh it looks like us you know like okay like yeah but why do you think that brand why do i think that i mean because yeah. i don't really have much of a connection to people or animals or much mm-hmm. of anything um i'm pretty much just value life not i don't even value life i should say i just value the experience of living things like their mm-hmm. ability to feel pain and their ability to feel pleasure if pleasure I'm what's called a negative utilitarian. So okay. I'm not necessarily a vegan. I'm a scrapitarian. Um, so basically, I I will uh, fish. What is that? Yeah. I, what did you say? A scrapitarian? Yeah. Like I will uh, take on. I it's basically like I'll eat wrapped. Like so, so. Like there's like pizza. It's gonna be like I work for like Nestle. So like essentially like there's a bunch of pizza that will get like damaged and it's gonna be like thrown out. Essentially, you're putting like the in the coolers huh. there. And it's like, you know, it's no longer in the supply and demand chain. So it's not right. as if I'm contributing to bringing animals into existence by by eating it anymore. So it's like, essentially it's like, like eating all- roadkill. Yes, essentially, mm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. You okay. don't you don't kill, do but that. you just eat what is already dead. Um, no, not necessarily. I will kill um, wild animal well um, because okay. the way I look at it, it is like I'm a, so you're just against so factory farming. I'm against factory farming and farming in general. Anything okay. that brings things into okay. existence, so I'm against mm. like reproducing so in that, general. Huh. But when it comes down to, I'm not against uh, hunting or fishing because those animals will die in brutal ways no matter what. Probably predation or parasites, unlucky, you know. So the way I look at it is, I mean, nature is cruel, brutal. Um, a human hunting or fishing is far more uh, a merciful death. So mm-hmm. I think it's consistent with most people's ethics that they already hold. And because uh, most people don't want to cause suffering to things. And most people do like to do recreational like sports like fishing and hunting. Right. And I think it's a perfect thing because it reduces suffering on that whole. So. And there's like, you know, population control as well is, is definitely a thing. Like, I, I don't know where it is. Uh, how it is where you are, Brant, but around where I am in Kentucky, deer are like so plentiful that, you know, they destroy crops and they cause masses of uh, car accidents because they run out in the roads, which essentially isn't their fault because, you know, we put the roads through where they live, but they cause a crap ton of accidents. So like controlling the population is, is definitely a thing. So maybe like eating those oh, yeah, animals exactly. would be okay. Right. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like eating those animals would be okay. Um, I'm. I guess what's also called promortalist. I don't. Or Epicurean. I don't believe that death is bad for the ones who die. And in fact, given mm-hmm. that the state of life is generally a negative, as like Eastern religions suggest, um, that like in general life, like ending is a good thing. Um, right. 
for the one who dies that is not like right not, like not in that whole like Stephen Hawking were like died like you know 20 years like before or like 20 years ago we've like lost so much like scientific research and stuff so it's like right for him like it might have been better if he died like 20 years ago because he wouldn't have been suffering for like those 20 years of ALS but you know but like I mean, that hole is good for him to be alive but I'm a, from, a, from like a soul perspective of just like an animal though they're not really providing utility for people outside of like their consumption value or like um like production value so pretty much Brent, I mean, if you can, can I ask you to, something yeah go yeah go how would you how how are you defining utility um my version of utility is utility just, for um, humans it's just utility and the whole of experience I believe that experience generates value so like um empirical experience of like pleasure or pain so I'm basically just um utility of uh pain is what I'm measuring I don't really believe pleasure really exists or if it does it doesn't really have much uh weight to ethic so I don't really take okay. an account pleasure so I'm just measuring pain basically um right but that's basically what I my version of utility is just uh, okay. taking account okay. of suffering well and and, and as I love talking about uh eating things but you called in to say uh about aliens being sn- smart enough to travel uh, the stars and I'd like to get back to that and and see what why you yeah, think aliens are likely to have more uh, similar values and similar morals uh, as humans well we know that evolution is what causes uh life to like get to where it is to not in the state i mean i assume at least uh you all are also atheists who believe in evolution mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. christians who believe in evolution um so likely they're going to take the same path from like unicellular like organisms and multiple cellular and then eventually get on to whatever form of life has a, they'll still have aversive responses to things so they're going to like be trying to avoid getting their cells destroyed or whatever so they're going to have like similar st- stimuluses like pain is going to be a thing for them aversive responses and potentially like pleasurable responses like things that encourage them to do actions really serotonin dopamine or whatever various chemicals that would do like similar results for them so i mean i think that they would have basically the same exact uh components as we would carbon based or something or another and they would uh basically have similar reversive responses and understand like yet yeah, like other things have those responses well and if they're intelligent enough to travel the cosmos i mean i assume like by via like some sort of technological mean uh that they probably would have an understanding of like psychology and understand like oh yeah what is bad still a bit of a stretch I, I, yeah and yeah. I, i think so i think like again that's putting a very human um yeah. attributes onto it because you know what if what if and you were speaking about convergent evolution what if uh the species kind of took the the root of the, um, the a spider you know that that mates with a male and then eats it and these uh these alien creatures will mate with uh whatever it takes to you know create a, a another version of themselves and then eats the thing that they they mated with if that's you know what they did or you know there's uh, we have creatures on this planet that live solitary lives um syrian hamsters uh are one and if they meet each other they fight to the death what why wouldn't the, these aliens have those attributes well here's the thing i think it's completely possible that they would have those attributes just as humans have the inclinations to like do sexual violence toward each other sometimes or just like violence in general like warfare has existed since the beginning of human history and has probably exist till we die from the plague or solar flare or warfare mm-hmm. gone nuclear you know so i think violent traits exist in all things but um, 
Um, so it's a very much the nature of evolution to be it's the nature of evolution is what I call an Gary and a bunch of other epilists call crap consumption, reproduction, addiction to various things and parasite parasitism, like parasiting off of other earthlings and other things of your own species and so on. So I think like it's in the very nature of like evolution that these things are going to be like very violent by, by their like natural instincts in order to survive as long as they had. But I think with intelligence, if they are intelligent, they can overcome their biological urges uh, and understand that like, well, well, because I have the desire to rip apart my mate to get to where I am, it doesn't mean I should do that. Right. And, and do, you have think... any, do you have any morals in particular that you think, you know, that they they potentially could have? I think anything that's intelligent enough will eventually understand that, at least for themselves, on a like, self-self level, that like pain is bad, pleasure, if it exists, uh, is good. And so, like, utility, basically. And I think, yeah, like, if uh, you begin to understand, like, if you're intelligent enough to understand, like, oh, other things are just as valuable as myself, they're $5 is equal to my $5 and their experience of pain and pleasure is equal to my experience of pain and pleasure. We just have different quantities and like like different like perspectives of where like I am in the universe and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, but really the value is equal. So I think something intelligent will eventually get to the realization that like, uh, especially if they're intelligent enough to travel the cosmos to be like, yeah, like to survive is not a necessary thing. Um, plenty of things have gone extinct and they're not complaining about it. Uh, so, and a bunch of things of that nature, and they'll eventually realize that, like, honestly, I don't think anything, I don't, I don't really believe that intelligent life will travel the cosmos because of various reasons that I'm kind of hinting at, which is like that, like, existence is pain. I think mm-hmm. if anything, we would get something more of like some sort of AI that would travel the cosmos to like more or less snuff out uh, any life. So if anything, I, I'd say if we do encounter aliens that are intelligent enough to communicate with us, we're probably fucked. But... <laughs> <laughs> like Brady they might not be. They're probably effortless. So they're probably. There could be. There could be a life form out there that has another life form preying on it, and they've observed these humans that are pretty good at fighting each other, and go, "We could use those skills to help us. Maybe we should get. We should hire these humans to come and help protect our planet." That that oh, yeah. could also be a possibility. Jem Hadar. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. if you guys remember yeah. uh, Deep Just Space Nine, what well, have you got, Vimo? Apologies, what was that? Uh, the, the the Star Trek series Deep Space Nine had this mm-hmm. alien species called the Founders, mm-hmm. who did not fight, but they wage war. And oh no! And then we lose Vimo just as he's going into the story. Um, I think I think what he was he was getting at was um, there was a, a, a species on this program, and th- I don't know why this has happened. This has turned into uh, Star Trek uh, fandom. Truth wanted, which I can only apologize for. Um, but uh, th- there was a species on this program, and I didn't watch Deep Space Nine. I didn't really uh, watch much Star Trek. I do apologize. So I'm like I'm not very good at this conversation. Uh, but uh, that there was a species that started wars and then uh, high another species to help them fight the war and they essentially just stepped back maybe i don't know did you ever watch star trek uh brant i i've never watched star trek okay i mean i've watched like a few episodes um, okay but so that this uh, isn't where you got this idea from then it's not like something watching like a uh a a fantasy 
you know sci-fi thing this is just something that's playing on your mind yeah this is uh the philosophy is kind of like based off of like antinatalism and ethelism and mm-hmm. I guess like the primary thing i get is uh navy utilitarianism which is basically just utilitarianism but you just kind of cut out the aspect of taking pleasure into account and you're just kind of measuring pain and really just valuing the pain of the universe it, not as you... a positive thing that i was like oh we need more pain it's in like okay like, like wanting less pain like pain is a bad thing and we want to like limit the okay. value like right basically like ego ego death the universe <laughs> do, where do you stand on uh on there being alien life do you, are you like eh, indifferent or do you think ah they there better be or do you want there to be what, what's your position on it I really hope that there's no other life in the universe. And <laughs> right. It's also, I would also think that it's very unlikely, mm-hmm. at least not like intelligent life, just because right. of the fact that like Earth, Earth has been in the habitable zone of the sun for like billions of years and life mm-hmm. has only cropped up from and evolved in those unicellular organisms once from like some deep hydrothermic trench or whatever, you know? Right. And that's only happened once in the history of Earth and we live in a habitable zone. So it's right. kind of like the chance that that's going to occur somewhere else in the universe is very, very, very low. But then you have to add on to the fact that like evolution doesn't necessarily select for intelligence. It just selects for whatever propagates DNA molecule. Right. So it's going to more or less likely just select for like pinchers, claws, slime that moves around stuff. It's not going to care about intelligence. So when it comes down... But it, well, but I might rebuttal that with, um, I might rebuttal that with um, evolution fills niches and finds, um, you know, if there's a gap something will fill it usually so maybe there is a gap for traveling through space to come and wipe out other civilizations and maybe that could happen it could happen maybe it's just not gotten to us so far yeah right the, the universe is pretty big and how long like how long does it even take to get to the edge of our um solar system it's it, it takes what a month to get from here to mars is that right? Mm. Is that what they say? Something like that. So to the edge of the solar system yeah, is going to take a blooming long time. So, well, it, it's it's certainly interesting. Um, I, I don't know where I stand on whether or not, if they're intelligent enough to to get to us, do I think that they would share similar morals to us? Who knows? Um, I don't... If if a if an alien civilization wanted to come and see us, I think they're probably far more advanced than than we are, uh, and could probably teach us a thing or two. I think we already know, like, um, and I don't. I, perhaps it's a little bit narcissistic of me, but I think we mm-hmm. already know, like, what is the like fundamental truth of the universe. Like, once we understand that, like, evolution is like chaotic random forces right. that experiences like a uh, weird hallucination of the universe experiencing itself, kind of, and that fundamentally, um, the only thing of value is like. Experience of these things of minds and nervous systems and their experience breaks down pretty much to positive experiences right. and negative experiences. And I think in general, they're usually negative based because it just makes sense from an evolutionary standpoint to be like aversive response to keep you surviving. And so most, most of our responses are aversive. And even if it weren't aversive, the primarily speaking, you just have to kind of look at like the nature of life in general, like as Arthur Schopenhauer uh, kind of suggested, like the gazelle in the lion example he gives perfect. Um, like the lion tears a part of gazelle and it's when it's being ripped apart the gazelle's in a massive amount of suffering and the lion is having its taste pleasure satisfied and it's like hunger satisfied but when it comes down to it like there's far more pain than there is pleasure in those experiences even if you've taken those counts and that's like an everyday thing that you need to do to live is to eat right so like my Would, aunt just killed a rabbit and like like a half right. an hour ago so it's like if they did get here if they and i'm saying it like they exist i i don't know but if aliens yeah. did get here brand would you eat them? 
would I eat them? Um, yeah. Only from yeah. You're taking would, it out yeah. on brand. I'm, yeah, I would actually. I mean, when okay. it comes down to it, I'm a, I'm a promortalist, and so long, I'm I'm completely for getting nutrition from things. <laughs> so long as you're not bringing them into existence. Right. The catalyst of all pain is like bring something into existence to suffer, but taking something out of existence is just a transition to nothingness. So if you're like killing the aliens oh, okay. and eating them, or if they just happen to die themselves and you're like eating them like some soylent green thing, like turning them into wafers or whatever, <laughs> then we could do the same thing with people's as far, people as far as I'm concerned. I think right. that's completely fine. So Okay. Hmm. Have you got anything to add, Vimo? Not really. I was, uh, I was talking about, uh, before I got disconnected, I was talking about uh, are you able to hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can. Okay, hear. cool. Uh, because I appear to be hearing my own voice also. Uh, they, there is an alien species called the founders in Star Trek who don't fight mm-hmm. their own wars, but they appropriated an entire other species, genetically altered it in order to turn that entire species into their own army. And there is a religious aspect to it also because the species that was altered th- seems to think of the founders as gods. Oh, wow. So they think their only purpose is to fight and die for the founder. That's what I was talking about. Okay. So I think we should not be uh, too eager to think that whatever form life exists in out there will be anything like this. <laughs> it would probably be very different. I mean, if there, if there was something, I think we'd want them to be like yeah, us. Yeah. Just because it'd be way easier to to reason reason with, with them. If they were these weird spider a- aliens that eat their, their mates after they've you know started reproducing, Oh, yeah, that, that reminds me of another oh, yeah. thing I, mean, like, I was going oh, yeah. to i was going to uh refer brand a book called children of time mm-hmm. it's a science fiction novel by adrian tchaikovsky and what happens in it is that humans decide to colonize other planets and the way they do it is not by going to them they discover the planets first they realize that these planets are going to be able to support human life so they spend spaceships ahead of them and these spaceships contain enzymes that are going to uh, accelerate the rate of evolution in the native species of that planet. So they thought, we're going to spe- send these spaceships. These spaceships will get there. They will turn these species who are already there into humans by accelerating their spe- uh, you know, rate of evolution. And when we get there, they will treat us like gods. And what happens instead is that instead of those enzymes affecting the apes on that planet, it affects the spiders on that planet. So the, when the humans eventually get there, there are civilized spiders fighting religious wars with civilized ants and all. That. And the fact that Brandt mentioned uh, uh, about, uh, you know, any intelligent species will have thoughts similar to us and will come to these conclusions. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion because uh, the biological pressures on spiders and ants still kept them spiders and ants. Their societal structures did not change much in that story. Of course, it's a story and you can take it with a pinch of salt. But I think it's a great thought experiment to wonder if a lot of things that we think are not a result of our biological makeup are indeed a result of our biological makeup. That's what I wanted to point out. Oh yeah, I mean, I think 100% are influenced Influences are very much based on our biology, um, but I do think that like we could we can separate like ethics from biology. I don't think it's like 100 percent like united. So it's like I mean like obviously like pain and pleasure are like biological uh, phenomenon, but at the same time I think it's like different than just like any type of desire satisfaction. Like like evolution would like select for like duck to like you know rape each other basically to pass on their their gene. But I think we can all agree that.
like bad thing that that's like a thing that was selected for in nature, even though, mm. you know, it do- does what evolution tends to do. But we can also acknowledge that like, you know, like the orgasm feels good and that's a good thing. And like when, like, when the duck's like, when the duck's in a visceral situation where it's being like torn apart, that like that for experience for the duck or person is horrible. Like it's, it's like there's something about that that like cries out like value. Like there's something about that mm. not just like, like atoms bonk to each other in some weird wonky way. It's like there's something about that like in the universe that like screams like, no, there's something different from like a rock falling and like a mm. duck or a person being torn apart or violated in some way. My question like, would my question would still be what do what does the duck think about it? Because I don't have access to that information and I seem to be evaluating ducks through a human lens again. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mentioned earlier, there is a instance of a lion killing a deer. If I look at it, I feel bad for the deer. But and, and you're right, in a very objective sense, there is suffering there. But we don't define such events through the lens of justice, which is something, you know, we, we have definitions of fair and unfair and things like that. So uh, I don't think... Like uh, Richard Dawkins has said, uh, is on record having said that he does not think that, uh, you know, human society should be run on Darwinian principles. And he's right. It shouldn't be. The rule of nature is not something that we should follow when making decisions about how, how humans should behave with each other. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of civilization. But I think we are on a slightly more slippery slope when we try to anthropomorphize nature by looking at through looking at it through a human lens. Now, of course, I could be completely wrong about that. And it's all about perspective as well, because don't let's like the, the whole lion um, deer example. Nature documentaries are great because if they're starting off the story with oh here's the lion the lion is going to hunt for the deer uh you suddenly you're all like yes come on lion i want to see you succeed but then uh if the story is retold from the perspective of the deer you're like piss off lion i want this deer to live you know it's it's all about perspective too or if the deer escapes and the lion has nothing to feed its children right right then we're like oh poor babies I think that's like a thing that's programmed into us through revolution because like we value like uh, survival entertainment like in groups and stuff like that. So it's we attach to like a label of like the in-group, which is like the line, for example, like if you're cheering on the line or you're like really, really empathetic, you know, and you're not all about like the, the haunt pursuit of like, yeah, you're maybe going to like be empathetic towards the gazelle and be like, oh, poor thing, you know. But I think those are like all like things that like, evolution is like programmed like into us for like, you know, what we can know. Right. Like what makes what our niche essentially is like intelligent, and if we pass on that niche to something else, which would be like the reason that they could actually travel the cosmos like purposefully, then I assume that they would also be able to like you know kind of empathize with other thing and be like you know like hey I understand that it's like both bad and good like 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 not just like the you don't have to be just like the person who's like oh ah uh, the gazelle and you don't have to be the person who's like yeah get the get the gazelle hunt right right yeah yeah awesome <laughs> you can be a little mixed a bolt you like right and be like it's really unfortunate that the gazelle is being torn apart that's horrible but it's also necessary for the lion to live mm-hmm. but it's not even necessary really for things to live it's just yeah, into yeah. It for billions of years of evolution for it to feel like it needs to live eat. right so it's just like all these you can feel like this is like a tragic situation for both and i think that's like what intelligence kind of like both blessed and cursed us with is that like a building mm-hmm. so right well, I, I like how we, I mean, this today's show has been very much about uh, aliens, but also with like a, a, a vegan subtext, which <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how Dan would feel about that if he, he saw that. <laughs> is uh, What is Dan's position on this? I, I wouldn't like to speak for him. I think it's only, it's up to Dan to, to say whether or not he's, he's for or against veganism. Okay. <laughs> 
But we appreciate you calling in. Thanks for that, Brant. Um, Thanks, yeah, Brant. Thank you. Yeah, we enjoyed that. That was good. Um, I don't know if uh, I don't know if um, aliens would share. I, I'm I'm still up in the air as to whether or not aliens would would share our position um, on on stuff. Uh, we have had a few uh, extra super chats. Um, we've had two from Illuminati, uh, forty rupees, saying that Bud Light uh, contro- controversy shows where America stands. I feel like that is true. Um, and uh, 111. This is a, a very specific number. Uh, NASA recently summoned religious leaders to discuss on how possible the possibility of finding aliens would impact their religious followers. They can end religion. I've seen a lot of um, stuff about that. I saw one video somewhere where um, a guy was being interviewed saying, what would happen if aliens did turn up and how would that affect your religion? And he basically just said, well, we can say that the God created everything from, from this point because you know aliens are so far away. How would he have done that? Where where do Hindus stand on aliens? You're going to be the spokesperson for Hinduism today, Vimo. Where do Hindus stand on aliens? <laughs> I think uh, Hindus are like I, I. I tried to point it out on uh, my 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 show. Also, Hindus appear to be in competition with the MCU rather than with Christianity and Islam. So you'll find a lot of popular Hinduism-related content creators saying things like. Uh, aliens were mentioned in the Vedas or the multiverse was mentioned in the Vedas. It's, I think, largely an attempt to stay relevant in this age of content, internet content about such things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, as far as NASA is concerned, I think it's a wise decision to speak to religious people to ask how it will affect religions because it can it can either destroy religions or it can take religious nuttery to another level altogether yeah i i feel like they'd um they probably use it somehow and go well it was written in this um religious text here that one day the aliens would come and that would prove that the the god is real and and if you look on this little specific verse and then combine it with another verse 47 pages away you can see that aliens prove the existence uh, of a god so um i yeah. don't know I don't know. Um, we've also had another uh, super chat from Amit Matthew. Uh, $5. My two worlds have intersected with Vimo being on an ACA show. Hi, <laughs> That's a friend of yours. That's no, it's a, he's, a, he's a regular uh, viewer of my live stream. Oh, I call them friends. That's a f- uh, okay. <laughs> They're friends of mine. Um, I'll, 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 I'll get there someday. <laughs> um, if you uh, happen to be in the Austin area on July 30th, 2023, we will be broadcasting live from the Free Thought Library. Um, uh, you can join us for Talk Heathen and the Atheist Experience. Talk Heathen will be hosted by Jamie Boone and Jamie the Blind Limey. Uh, and the Atheist Experience will be hosted by Christy Powell and Objectively Dan. Uh, doors open at noon and we hope to see you there. Um, it's getting towards the end of the show. So I'm going to just finish off with a few uh, extra announcements. Uh, you can email truthwanted at truth at atheist-community.org. Um, you can reach out to the ACA uh, at tv at atheist-community.org uh, and see what's been going on at our website at atheist-community.org. Uh, there's a Facebook group and it's run by the fans for the fans. Uh, to get to there, you go to tiny.cc slash fbtwg to interact with other fans. Um, and have you said to yourself, I really love the content that the ACA creates, but I wish there was a way I could get it all the time. Well, we have got you covered. We now have two 24-7 
live streams. Uh, AXP TV delivers a constant stream of shows, clips and specials from the over 26 seasons of The Atheist Experience. And now Heathen TV provides you with clips from Talk Heathen. Uh, You can watch or simply listen to your favourite hosts and discover some hosts you've never even heard of. Uh, For those... You visit uh, tiny.cc slash AXPTV and tiny.cc slash HeathenTV to join in the fun, uh, which would be great. Uh, thanks, Vimo, for hanging out with me today. Like I said like before, the, before the show, I said it can go any way. We can have ghosts. We can have religion. Today, vegan aliens, which, you know, vegan I'm, I'm aliens, good with that. Um, aliens. Well, it's just, aliens are great. Um, where and, can, and thank where you for our... so much, Star Trek. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like we might have to rename this to the... the star trek wanted um where can our audience learn more about you uh you can visit my youtube channel which is uh, youtube.com slash at the rate vimo you can visit my live stream which is also on youtube at vimo live v-i-m-o-h-l-i-v-e and uh, you can visit my page at www.vimo.in nice and i'm i mean i uh, binge watched some of your videos before coming on because i hadn't I, I saw that i was on with you and i was like i need to go and see who this guy is i love your content so i'm gonna be thanks man watching thank you so more. much um and uh if you want to stick around after the show um we're going to be doing a hangout on the atheist community of discord after show so you can join us there at tiny.cc slash acd discord um both vimo and i will be there um and last but not least i'd really like to thank the crew uh can we pull up the crew cam because i want to see your beautiful faces uh thank you crew for making this happen every single week uh we love your faces uh very much um, we just need to Thanks, uh, remember um, about the we want the truth thing. So the question uh, for this week, the prompt this week is, is it a uh, it is a bad idea to blank at a psychic reading? Uh, so comment on the video and your comment may well be read on next week's episode. Uh, tune in at the beginning of the episode next week to hear the top three answers. Uh, thanks again, Vimo. Thanks again, crew. Thank you so much for watching. We all appreciate you. Uh, that's it for tonight. I'm John the Skeptic. And as always, remember to keep wanting the truth. Watch the non-profits and join the hosts in the live chat. Visit tiny.cc slash YTNP.